Welcome to Seeking Scripture Deep Diving Bible Study. I'm Christy Jordan, and I want to help you develop a firsthand relationship with the whole Word of God. For links and graphics mentioned in my podcast, please visit the corresponding post on SeekingScripture.com. May Yahweh bless the reading of His Word. Good morning, siblings, and welcome to our new Bible reading plan. We will be reading through the Bible together in one year, beginning in the beginning. Make sure you visit the group each morning to get the notes and come back when you can to read the comments and take part in the group discussion as well, if you like. There's an important footnote at the bottom of these notes today, so stay tuned for that. To print out the reading plans, there is a link here to click. They are also available in a single sheet or in bookmark form, which prints them out four per sheet. These notes that I'm reading to you can all be found on SeekingScripture.com. So you can visit that link and find all the relevant links, charts, and graphs that I mentioned in our audio and the printables that might be helpful for you while going through this plan. Today's readings are Genesis chapters 1 through 3. That is Genesis 1, 2, and 3. I can almost feel the presence of Yahweh as he hovered over the earth in these passages. Smell the earth-scented mist as it rises from the ground to perfectly water everything. And hear the sounds of plants and bushes as they sprout up, followed by the sounds of all the living things, having had life breathed into them by their Creator. Wow! Exciting reading ahead. Rabbit Trails Introduction to our reading. The Bible begins in the beginning. I know that seems obvious, but many think and are even taught that the part of Yahweh's Word, which is relevant to us, begins in Matthew. As a result, we have a culture of believers who have, in many ways, discarded the very foundational text of the book that we claim to live by. And so, untethered from the foundation and out of context, we are left with a skewed vision of the Word and of Yahweh Himself, one that is easily blown about by the winds of changing culture, desires and ambitions of man, and our own emotions. If we only know the last 25% of the book, we don't know the book. Imagine if you walked in on the last 10 minutes of the movie and then went on a speaking tour telling everyone what the themes of the movie were. You'd be off in ways that you yourself wouldn't even understand, and no one who had seen the movie would consider your information credible. Yet, this is exactly how many treat the Bible today. Here is something to think about. These are the scriptures that Messiah, the disciples, the writers of the Gospels, and even John, who wrote Revelation, studied, lived by, and taught from. The New Testament did not exist during their lives. So when Paul wrote in 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 through 17, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. He was referring exclusively to what our culture has dismissively titled the Old Testament. Just to let you know where I stand right out of the gate, I serve the one true God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob 
a God abounding in grace and loving kindness, who allows us free will to choose Him or reject Him. And even in that rejection, which He, as the Creator of wisdom and light, foresaw in us, He still loved us enough to send His only Son to pay the penalty for our sins so that we could yet be reconciled to Him. And this God, as the Creator of all things, when He speaks, His Word is incapable of ever becoming irrelevant. I stand on the truth of every word spoken from His mouth, and I am grateful for the gift of each syllable. His light is the lamp that illuminates my path, and I will praise His holy name for the wisdom He gives us. Going Forward It is helpful to know that the books of the Bible were not originally written with chapter and verse numbers. They were divided this way later in order to make it easier to study and reference. While chapter and verse numbers are very helpful, they can sometimes lead us to believe that there are stopping points in letters and books in places where the story is actually continuous. Therefore, it is important when studying a verse or seeking to find the context and meaning intended that we always read the surrounding verses as well. This is why I always say, whenever someone gives you a verse, take a chapter, or better yet, the whole book. Another important matter is that it is the responsibility of the believer to test everything. I cannot read your Bible for you. And knowledge gleaned from me reading the Bible rather than you reading it directly is secondhand knowledge. There is no such thing as a secondhand relationship with the Father. 1 Thessalonians 5.21 tells us, Test everything. Hold fast to what is good. I trust and hope that you will not take my word for anything I say, but instead go to Scripture Search it out for yourself and test everything, knowing that the Word of God is our straight edge to which all else must line up, never the other way around. We will understandably find that some of our preconceived notions and even beloved doctrines don't quite fit in with what the Bible says. In these cases, hold fast to what is good and discard what proves untrue. Whenever we find that God contradicts us, my hope is that we will find ourselves clinging to His truths rather than our own. Inevitably, there may be some areas in which we may need more time or persuasion from the Holy Spirit in order to do so. We are human, we are fallible, and we love our traditions. Trust that the Father will continue to work on us and that it's okay to be honest with Him. You might say, Father, I love this teaching that is proven untrue. I'm struggling with letting it go. Please help me. I found that the creator of truth is a great respecter of truth in his children. It is much better to be open and wrestle something out with the Father rather than attempt to hide something from the one who knows all things and wrestle it out apart from him. Things to know. The first five books of the Bible were originally, and still are in many circles, known as the Torah. That is a Hebrew word for teachings. In Greek, these first five books are known as the Pentateuch. So, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, 
are also known as the Pentateuch or the Torah. This is good to know as we interact and come together with our brethren of varying denominations and walks. About Bible translations. It is my policy that the best translation is the one you will read. I use the ESV in my post because that's a good middle ground, but I see a translation as merely a jumping off point. And if I were not writing for this group, I would not read the ESV first. I use three to four Bible translations each day for my notes, so please do not feel compelled to purchase a new Bible if the one you have works fine. And know that you do not need to have a specific translation in order to take part in this study. The best Bible is the one you will read, and that is that. And with that said, I'm so excited to begin. In Genesis 1, verse 3, notice that Yahweh created light, but he didn't create the sun and stars until Genesis 1, verse 13. Now, the original word for light referenced in 1-3 is or. This is the same word used for light when Yahweh sent the plague of darkness over Egypt, but his chosen people, Israel, had or inside their dwelling places. Or does not refer to an object that gives light, but rather a goodness, illumination. Personally, whenever I think of or, I think of the light of Yahweh's presence. In Genesis 1.16, the word used for light is marat. This is an object that gives light, such as the sun or the stars. So you see, there were two different types of light created in Genesis. Consequently, the word used for darkness in Genesis 1-4 is a Hebrew word, hosek. This is generally the opposite of or. This word is even used to denote distress in Isaiah 5-30 and Isaiah 9-1. Mourning in Isaiah 47 5, and in some places it's used to denote evil or sin. Now, I want to show you how to test this by using Bible Hub. So, you will need to visit these notes to see the illustrations that I'm going to be talking about and referring to, and to click on the links and learn how to do this yourself. This is a free online tool that is vital for Bible study. First, click the link below that takes you to Bible Hub Genesis 1 verse 4. Now, This is the verse itself in different translations. Up at the top of this page, when you're here visually, and as you can see in my chart in the notes, you'll see Interlin, which click that and you'll end up at this link. Another photo is pictured below. Now, you see the English topped by the Hebrew, topped by the transliteration, topped by a reference number for each word. Look for the light or the darkness and click the number atop those words. You'll need to go to the link rather than rely on this photo to show you. I have the links above in this post. You'll end up with a page that has a pronunciation, original word, ways it is used, etc. You can even scroll down and look for instances in which it appears in the Bible. For more information on how to do this, make sure you've read my post on the name of God because I have photos that will walk you through studying the Bible this way. You can find that at this link. It is entitled, The Tetragrammaton, Learning How to Dig Deeper. And for those of you listening on audio, this is very simple. If you'll just visit the post on SeekingScripture.com, Genesis 1-3 through is this post I'm reading today, and I show clear photographs of how to go through everything. Definitely make it a point to visit this post today and try it. Moving on, I want to discuss the creation timeline. Let's read through those. 
Day one, God said, let there be light, and there was light. And seeing that the light was good, God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. Day two, and God said, let there be an expanse between the waters to separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse and separated the waters beneath it from the waters above. And it was so. God called the expanse sky, and there was evening, and there was morning the second day. Day three. And God said, Let the waters under the sky be gathered into one place, so that the dry land may appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the gathering of the waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let the earth bring forth vegetation, seed-bearing plants, and fruit trees each bearing fruit with seed according to its kind. And it was so. The earth produced vegetation, seed-bearing plants according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening, and there was morning the third day. Day four. And God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the sky to distinguish between the day and the night, and let them be signs to mark the seasons and days and years, and let them serve as lights in the expanse of the sky to shine upon the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. And he made the stars as well. God set these lights in the expanse of the sky to shine upon the earth, to preside over the day and the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening, and there was morning, the fourth day. Day five. And God said, Let the waters teem with living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth in the open expanse of the sky. So God created the great sea creatures and every living thing that moves, with which the waters teemed according to their kinds, and every bird of flight after its kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God blessed them all and said, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters of the seas and let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. Day six. And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock, land crawlers, and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and everything that crawls upon the earth according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, to rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, and over all the earth itself, and every living creature that crawls upon it. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and every creature that crawls upon the earth. Then God said, Behold, I have given you every seed-bearing plant on the face of all the earth. Every tree whose fruit contains seed, they will be yours for food. And to every beast of the earth and every bird of the air and every creature that crawls upon the earth, Everything that has the breath of life in it, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God looked upon all that he had made, and indeed it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Day seven. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. And by the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on that day he rested from all his work. 
Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because on that day he rested from all the work of the creation that he had accomplished. Now, in Genesis 2-3, we have the first record of Yahweh making something holy. He is the source of holiness, and we will come to see and understand that only He can make something holy. He declared the Sabbath a day of rest, made it holy, and thus created the first Moedim, or appointed time. Think of these as appointments He made with us. There are eight Moedim, which Yahweh will teach us about in His Word as we move forward. These are special days that the Father has set aside as holy to Him. In Genesis 2-4, we come upon the first place in our Bibles where the name of Yahweh originally appears and was removed. My Bible has a footnote denoting this, so yours might as well. You can read further on this by clicking my article at this link. How was Eve deceived? Two things happened in the deception of Eve. First, the serpent caused her to question the word of Yahweh. Second, she added to the word. Let's look closely. Here is what the father said in Genesis 2, verses 16 through 17. Pay very close attention to this. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. And now, let us look at the interaction between the serpent and Eve. By the way, interesting fact, her name in Hebrew is pronounced Hava. Now, we're reading this interaction from the very beginning of Genesis chapter 3. Now, the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, He will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. The serpent caused her to question the word of Yahweh. Then she added to the word of Yahweh. Go back and see if you can find what she added. And from there, she chose to disobey the word of Yahweh. It is a slippery slope with a rapid descent. Does God's word have first and final authority in our lives? Or do we allow the words of others to cause us to question it? That's something to think on. Grace and animal sacrifice. When Adam and Eve disobeyed Yahweh, he responded by an act of grace. He made them clothing out of animal skins to replace the clothing they had made out of leaves. Up until this time, we have no record of an animal being killed. But once they sinned, it was necessary to do so in order to cover them with Yahweh's act of grace in making them clothing. Sacrifice as a result of sin. A pattern established. Important note. Grace has always been present in the Bible from the very beginning, and we will see many more acts of grace as we go through our reading cycle. These are just some of my notes to get you started today. What jumps out at you? What did you decide to dig deeper on, and what did you find as a result? Were you surprised by anything you read today? These are just some starter questions to get you going on your own rabbit trails. Please feel free to greet your neighbors, praise the Father, or discuss these readings in the group comments today. 
We are off on our journey. I'm so excited to be making this round with you. Remember, this week is vital. Make sure you check in with the Facebook group every single day this week. The goal of this is not just to read the Bible one time, but to become daily Bible readers. If you'll hang in there with us this week, you'll quickly see that this ain't your mama's Bible study. I'm going to teach you how to dig deeper for yourself into the Word and test everything as we all grow closer to our wonderful Father. Test everything, hold tight to what is good, and He is the only source of good. May Yahweh bless the reading of His Word. Here's important footnotes. Why do I say Yahweh instead of God most of the time? Click here for an explanation. These are my Bible notes, which I post each day in my Front Porch Fellowship on Facebook. In that group, we also have in-depth discussions on each day's readings. If you wish to take part in a discussion or ask questions, please request to join my Front Porch Fellowship, and you will be among the first added next time membership opens. It only opens once per year, and the next window will be December at the end of this year. Thank y'all. I love you. Bye-bye.